Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837, and FSP, dedicated to food service excellence. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us, If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, we celebrate today the Feast of Trinity Sunday. This great mystery that God is a trinity of persons. Actually, you know, it's pretty easy. In God, there's one essence, two processions, three persons, four imminent relations. The Father to the Son, that's called active generation. The Son to the Father, that's called passive generation. The Father and the Son to the Holy Spirit, that's called active spiration. The Spirit to the Father and Son, that's called passive spiration. Now, I'm being facetious. (laughs) What I'm laying out to you is some of the technical language of the Trinity. The church in the course of centuries has tried to articulate its belief about God, and it gives rise to just that kind of arcane, somewhat confusing language I just used. Can I say, before I really get into the bulk of the homily, something in favor of confusing language? What I mean is this. We're talking about God. God is the infinite mystery. That which is totaliter aliter, as the fathers used to say, totally other. God is not a being in the world. God is not like anything in our experience. God is the source of all that exists. Therefore, it's appropriate that we use strange, puzzling, even confusing language when talking about God. Whenever you think you have it, you don't. St. Augustine said, if you understand That's not God you're understanding. To that extent, the Trinitarian language, that God is one and yet three, God is a unity and yet a community of three persons, is meant to confound us. It's meant to make us scratch our heads and say, I don't get it. Good, to some degree. Good. Joseph Ratzinger has this comparison, which I've always liked. He said, at the liturgy, from time to time, we use incense. A part of the purpose of incense, of course, is simply to appeal to the senses. It's beautiful. But incense also obscures. You can't see through it. In fact, sometimes it, it burns your eyes so you, you can't see at all. That's part of its purpose. It's to remind us that we are dealing with mysteries beyond our ken, mysteries beyond our capacity of understanding. So the doctrine of the Trinity to some degree, is like intellectual incense. It's like smoke in the eyes of the mind, that we might be reminded that we are dealing with the ultimate mystery. Now, having said that, can we nevertheless say something positive about the Trinitarian language? I think we can, and we have to. To some degree, it is an attempt to articulate the mystery of God and help us to understand Let me just say a few simple things in the course of this homily. 
Notice Christians, first of all, we invoke this great mystery, this conundrum, this puzzle, whenever we pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are invoking thereby the three persons of the Trinity. And what we're saying is something very powerful. That when we pray as Christians, we are not standing outside of God. Petitioning, supplicating a distant God. Rather, when we pray as Christians, as baptized people, we are praying inside of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit now opened up in such a way that we live in their very life. We don't stand outside of God begging. Rather, we are inside of God. Listen now. Were it not for the Trinity, this would not be possible. The Trinity means that God is flexible enough, if you will, to allow us into his divine life. How do we know about the Trinity? We know about it through the Paschal Mystery. We know about it through Jesus Christ. God the Father so loved the world that he sent his only Son all the way out to the limits of God-forsakenness. Now, mind you, as I've often said, he didn't send simply one more prophet, simply one more spokesperson, one more religious teacher. The Father, rather, sent one of the Trinity. He sent God the Son, so that now, at the limit of God-forsakenness, the Son can grasp all of us who have wandered far from the divine life. More to it. God so loved the world. That means there is a love that connects the Father and the Son. It is in love that the Father sends. It's in love that the Son accepts his mission. It is in love that they are held together. That love is the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Spirit. The divine community into which we have been gathered by the Paschal Mystery. That's why the Trinity is not just a sort of arcane Rubik's Cube for theologians to puzzle over. It stands at the very heart of Christian faith because without it we're not saved. Without it we're not gathered into the divine life. Another angle on the Trinity, G.K. Chesterton said this, everyone finds beautiful the claim that God is love. But many people at the same time are puzzled, confused, even, even angered at this language of the Trinity. All this medieval obscurantism. Chesterton's point is this, one is simply another version of the other. To say that God is love is to say that God is a trinity of persons. Why? Because it means in the very inner life of God there must be lover, beloved, and the love they share. The Father so loved the world he sent his Son all the way to God forsakenness. And in love that mission was accepted. Lover, 
the loved and the love they share. God is love. God is a trinity of persons. Those are mutually implicative statements. Those are functionally equivalent statements. Okay. Now, how do we begin, even in a tentative way, to understand this, to get our minds around it? St. Augustine, one of the great geniuses of the Western tradition, gave us in his great book, The De Trinitate, on the Trinity, a beautiful analogy. Mind you, an analogy. That means it helps us to see to some degree, but will always be inadequate. Augustine said, the Bible claims we are made in the image and likeness of God. That means that we human beings, in a kind of unique and privileged way, look like the Trinity. We can expect, therefore, to find in our own lives some icon, some image of the Trinity. Augustine looks deep within to find this. Here's what he finds. When you look deep within, you find your own mind, your own memory. I mean this dark spiritual energy from which all of your psychological and intellectual life comes, your mind. What's the mind able to do? Augustine said the mind is able to form an image of itself, to reflect upon itself, listen now, to see itself as another. You know, we do this in a very ordinary way. Whenever we say, you know, what were you thinking when you're talking to yourself? Why did you do that? What was I about when I made that decision? Whenever we do that, we are looking at ourselves. Now look, in that act, there is the mind that looks, and there is the image that the mind looks at. Are they separate, distinct? Yes, in one sense. But are they the same? Yes, in another sense, they're the same. When I'm reflecting on myself, well, it's me that I'm thinking about. There's a looker and a looked at, but it's the same me. Then, says Augustine, once the mind looks at itself, it sees an image of itself, it tends to fall in love. It loves what it sees. It loves what it sees. That love, that will, that desire, is itself the same as the mind, not a different mind. Therefore, there's mind, self-knowledge, self-love. Ah, there it is. That's the image of the Trinity. Who's the Father? The Father is the mind of God. This dark, elemental energy of the divine life. What's the Father able to do? The Father is able, from all eternity, to see and to generate an image of himself. The Bible calls this the Logos, or the Word of God. Is there a looker, the Father, a looked at, the Son? Yes. Are they the same? Yes. The Father knows himself in the Son. 
When the Father then looks at the Son, this image of himself, when the Son looks back at the Father, what do they see? Each one sees what is most beautiful and most perfect and most good. And therefore, the two of them fall in love. The two of them sigh their love for each other. What's the mutual love of the Father and the Son? That's the Holy Spirit. The Spiritus Sanctus, the Holy Breath, the Holy Wind. God is one, yes, and God is this community of persons. Who is the Father? The one who gives rise to the Son. Who's the Son? The one who is generated by the Father. Who's the Spirit? The one breathed forth by Father and Son. The point is this. The Trinitarian persons are themselves relationships. Augustine called them subsistent relations. There's a revolution here, Christians. What do most of us think? I am substantially real. This is substantially real. A relationship is incidental, accidental, secondary. The doctrine of the Trinity says no. That in fact, the most basic reality there is, is relationship. God is love. Love is not just something God does. God is love. Therefore, listen, when we give ourselves in love, when we give ourselves away and enter into a relationship of love, we are most ourselves. We are most alive. That's why living in the Father, Son, and Spirit is to be fully alive. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Word on Fire is brought to you in part by Catholic Cemeteries. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago Cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.